Welcome to the Permission to Play podcast. I'm your host, Carissa Lulu, your mindset mentor, fitness coach, professional potty mouth goofball, and gypsy soul currently based in California. If you've ever found yourself struggling with body image, emotional eating, lacking confidence, or maybe you're just needing some motivation, a new perspective, or just some inspiration to get that ass off the couch and in action, this is the place to be. Get ready to dive into the real shit, the deep, vulnerable conversation that most don't dare to step into, along with lots of health, nutrition, fitness tips and tools, lots of laughs at yours truly, and some pretty epic conversation with some super badass boss babe guests. No matter who you are or where you come from, this podcast will push you to grow and step into life powerfully. You'll be empowered to shift your mindset step into purposeful movement, and be inspired to finally give yourself permission to play. Hey there, gorgeous. Welcome back to the podcast. All right, so before we get started and I dive into my binge eating recovery story, I wanted to make sure that you click the link in the show notes and join my free Facebook community. I am going to be announcing something super exciting uh, in the next couple of days. So we're sitting in September of 2022. So I intend to have this Facebook group community forever. So join period, but especially if you're here present with me in the month of September, 2022, I have some really exciting things that I'm announcing in the next few days for this month. And they're really tools, free opportunities, uh, for you. Okay. So hop on at sis, click that link in the show notes. Now, Holy moly, Um, it is so wild for me to be here and now in this present moment in 2022, I'm 32 years young, and to honestly have fully healed from my negative food relationship. Now, that is not to say that I have some perfect relationship with food or rather like this perfect diet or this perfect nutrition, you know, habit, right? No, that is not the reality, right? And firstly, let's address that perfection is an illusion. And this is honestly what I believe got me caught up in binge eating in the first place. All right, so a little backtracking story with me. I mean, I my binge eating got pretty severe when I was in grad school, and I'll talk about that, but I want to share like how I know in my reflections and in my own healing journey, like why and when it started. Firstly, I can acknowledge that, you know, I learned things from my mom. God bless my mama. She's a beautiful woman. And I know she learned it from society too, or her own challenges and upbringing, right? And she had, you know, she expressed a lot of comments about her own body and not even her, just I know my my grandmother and my great grandmother, like they comment about bodies in general. And it's not to like, like it's all love in our family, you know, at the end of the day, I know my all the women in my family, you know, even men and families say shit too, right? Like, but I'm specifically talking about the women in my life and like there is, there's nothing but love, right? And we're just so conditioned, conditioned generation after generation to talk about bodies, focus on how bodies look. Like we are so obsessed as a society with how we look and it's been like that forever, right? If you think about fashion, if you think about makeup, hairstyles, like year after year, century after century, decade after decade, that was kind of backwards, but you get what I'm saying. 
right? Like it, like we're so obsessed with how we look because again, as I talk about in many podcasts, like our brains are wired for survival. We are literally animals in our brain. Our reptilian part of our brain is still the same as it was in its functioning as it was like thousands of years ago, hundreds of years ago when we were literally threatened, you know, um, in terms of like we needed shelter to survive, we needed food, we had to hunt for our food, we were literally hunters and gatherers. Uh, and if we didn't fit in with the tribe and we got kicked out, you're likely gonna starve to death and die, right? So that's super dramatic for our mind to, to I don't know, what's the word, to consider, to evaluate, right? And then imagine that our brains are still very dramatic, right? But in this case, in this day and age, in 2022, most of us, even at our worst, even honestly, most of us, if we were to become homeless on the streets, we would probably still survive. We wouldn't die. Like there'd be a way to find food, homeless shelters or asking for money or finding free food somewhere, even in a dumpster. Sounds disgusting, right? But I'm being real with you all, like how we would actually likely survive. Nothing like thousands of years ago, right? So that said, you know, um, we're obsessed with how we look so that we can fit into the tribe and not kicked out, get kicked out and die. And our brains are so dramatic in the current day, like however your thoughts are running. So why am I talking about how we look in regards to binge eating? So I did learn things, you know, at a very young age regarding, you know, to pay attention to how my body looked and, and worry about how my body looked and present myself in particular ways that weren't my full expression as a child. It was, you know, how other kids got dressed, right? Um, because we all wore the same stuff, right? What was in season? I never thought about things like that when I was a kid. And, you know, I don't think a lot of us think about that stuff now. We just know what looks good and what looks bad in our own opinion. And it's usually highly heavily influenced by our surroundings and what we see on television, right? And it's funny because like I love seeing these hilarious uh reels on Instagram that, or even TikTok that like make fun of the 90s, like what you wore in the 90s or what you wore in the early 2000s or what you wore in the 80s, like, and we dressed a certain way and we make fun of it, right? Because in this present moment, you know, that's not how we dress due to society and due to what we see on the media. And, you know, it always, it's always changing because they have to change freaking everything to sell it, right? If they if they sold the same things for the last 40 years, you probably wouldn't need to buy anything new, right? They have to keep changing the shit, just like Apple and the iPhone shape and the iPhone, iPhone plug. Like, think about that. Like, they're constantly shape, changing the shapes and the sizes and the dimensions, so we always have to buy new cases, new screen protectors, new chargers. All right, getting off topic, but I really wanted you to get that we're heavily influenced by society to really care about how we look and et cetera. So my, I know outside of like learning as a child, you know, the way that my, the women around me talked about their own bodies and what I saw on television. Um, but of course, as I got older, you know, when I was 10 years old, 12, then when I entered high school, I really started to become very aware of my body as a female, especially when it started changing, or especially when I started to go from a child into starting my period and growing breasts and, you know, like starting to develop and go through puberty, right? And especially high school, right? We're really, really conscious of our bodies then, and me too in junior high. So, and then we go to our 20s, 30s and wherever we are, right? So then it just evolves and it could get worse, it could get better, depends on your story. So for me, my body image got worse. My uh, perspective of myself, my weight, my clothing sizes, it only got worse, 
year after year in high school and through my 20s leading up to where I am now, okay? And it's healed so much. And for my experience, it could be different for others because I know there's a part of my eating, my binge eating patterns to where when I was a young child, we were pretty poor and or we just it, things were scarce right like we weren't sure you know like if we're gonna have the, my parents are gonna have a job or where we're we gonna live next we were always bouncing around and just things were not secure and safe all the time in terms of where we were gonna live uh, we bounced around so much and so like just having that fear that can create you know in a child like going to food for comfort and going to food or hiding food or taking food or wanting food right that was my experience I wanted to eat all the food or you know like just it almost sounds selfish but honestly as a child you're just trying to protect yourself in the only way or outside of the word protect control right I was try the only thing I can control is like getting my serving of food or getting my candy bar and hiding it in my drawer right um, and then I remember too this is so I mean I would probably do this too like my mom I remember she used to hide candy in her underwear drawer and I found it and I used to always know her stash was there and as a little girl, you know, I learned to hide food, but my mom wasn't trying to teach me that. She's probably just trying to keep the candy, her treats away from her kids from gobbling it all down. Like, I don't blame her, right? But as a child, like I saw, oh, hide the treats, right? Like, you, should, you know, whatever I learned about that, maybe it's like, you know, treats are scarce or you can't have treats all the time. We're limited with treats and you have to hide them and like... So, you know, imagine the things that I began to believe about, uh, let's say, Snickers bars, you know, at a very young age, especially in the environment I lived in, okay? So going back, so there's that part, right? There's the part where, like, of course, there's habits and um, programming beliefs created about food at a, as a young age. Although I don't recall myself, like, binge eating as a kid. Of course, I'm sure there were moments, but I wasn't aware. If it was, like, Halloween and we ate all the candy till we got sick, like, that's quote-unquote a binge, but that's something we would say a normal kid would do. Like, they, they ate so much candy that they got sick, right? Um, but anyhow, so I realized that there's partly that, you know, having food experiences as a child and creating beliefs around it, because remember, we're, our programming's it occurs ages zero to seven, our deep, deep neurological beliefs, our personalities, our programming, right, happens at those ages and it's only confirmed after each experience as we get older year after year from ages zero to seven. Okay, so but my real big breakthrough in discovering why as a young adult in my 20s and in my 30s, I really know that I became, I began binge eating number one because I was so insecure about my body. And I was a kinesiology major, right? And you don't have to be a fitness, desire to be a fitness professional to experience this, but I just know in my early 20s, that was my choice and I was an athlete and I was so conscious of my body and self-conscious of my body, my arms, my legs. And the more that I, you know, the months passed by and the years passed by in the kinesiology, you know, undergrad in college, like I became obsessed with fitness and I was obsessed with my body, the way it looked. And in my age, my era, in high school and even in early college, we didn't have Instagram and TikTok and things like that. And when I was in like my second year of college, or no, it was like my fourth year of college and undergrad, that's when Instagram came out. And that's when I started to discover like fitness influencers, right? And starting to see that, okay, the trainers I see on this app, this new Instagram app, you know, that's on my phone, like they are ripped, 
right? They have six pack abs, they're shredded, and they have these programs and like they look perfect, right? And that's what you see on TV and in movies. If it's a fitness per person, you just see their ripped muscles, right? So I wasn't conscious to this, but in my early 20s, like 22, 23, I just started to develop a dysmorphed view of my own body due to what I saw on Instagram, which was a new app, right? I never had that influence on me all the time. And then of course, what I saw on TV and then going to the gym and then learning, you know, what I was learning in school, which was all education and had nothing to do with your physique, right? But I learned about the muscles and fitness and nutrition, right? So it was very interesting because I was so passionate about nutrition. I was so passionate about fitness, although it was like, dark and light, right? Like the education was exciting for me and stressful, but then the dark side of it was I didn't understand that I was being I was I was having the creating this negative perspective of what a fitness professional looked like due to what I was seeing, right? And just my own insecurities as a woman, period, right? Like when I was single, I wanted to look perfect and beautiful to attract a partner or just to be seen for guys to look at me, right? Um, not having a father my whole life, I really have always shared that I, I was very challenged. I've been challenged with my relationship with men, meaning like I really desire subconsciously attention, right? And I know a lot of us women can relate to that, um, whether we act out on it or not deep down, like there's that desire there to, to be, you know, um, noticed, right? By the opposite sex or of course, whatever you're into, in my case, men. Right, so that's my 20s, and then honestly, in those ages, like 23, 24, when I was in my undergrad years, I tried so many extreme diets. Like one of my diets, I could say was almost starvation. It was, I tried isogenics, I believe, and there was like these cleanse days where you eat like freaking five almonds, and then you have this cleanse drink that was probably, in terms of calorically dense, it probably had like 40 calories in it and then you ate some more almonds and then you had like this little chocolate if you put your thumb like the the edge of your thumb that's how big the little chocolate energy bite was like freaking like a, a tootsie roll size and basically i was starving myself and there was cleanse days and then there were shake days and on the shake days you can have a certain meal and a shake and a certain meal and a shake and even on those days with how much i was training and how active i was at like age 23 oh my god it was probably like a thousand calories or 1200 calories when I was probably so active burning like double that or triple that and of course I quote-unquote saw results because I was fucking starving myself but I didn't think of it that way I thought I was like all motivated and I'm on my fitness journey and taking pictures of my stomach and my before and after pictures and you could see like some definition showing well of course because I'm freaking starving myself like have you ever seen a starving child you see all the definition you see their bones you see their ligaments it is not okay right so anyway, like I tried that diet, I just, I started getting strict, I started meal prepping, I started creating all these rules, like I couldn't have cereal at a certain time. Just all this madness that I didn't even realize was madness back then. So fast forward, you know, years pass, and honestly, it was my early 20s where I started to experience and play with the diets, which I thought was a positive thing. I thought I was just trying to be a freaking fitness lover you know, and, and be fit and become a trainer, you know, and then I remember like year 24, 25, that's when the binging really started. That's when I had roommates and like in their food, like I would want to, I wouldn't allow myself now that I look back, I didn't realize it then, but I didn't allow myself to like put chocolate in the cupboard or chocolate bars or cookies and things. I would not buy that. And I remember I had three other roommates and I remember I'd open the cabinet 
and my roommates would have like chocolate covered almonds and like cookies and I remember you know I'll even share this openly with them but this created so much deep shame I was so ashamed of myself like I would eat their chocolates you know or their I would sneak a cookie that wasn't mine and I felt so sneaky and just like so gross isn't a feeling but I just felt so disappointed in myself after because I don't take things like uh, one thing I could say with total integrity is I will not steal a freaking pencil (laughs) you know like I give things back if I borrow something then I give it back and if I didn't give it back once in my 32 years of life I really forgot but I really have big integrity around never stealing or anything like that um, although I did have an experience when I was like 10 with my little best friend and we stole at the mall and I think that scarred me for life. Yeah, that's a whole other story, but that did happen. I think that scarred me for life and also I think I'm a good human. I don't want to steal shit from anybody because I don't even want that to happen to myself. Back to the food. Anyway, so yeah, that would happen and that was when I was like 25 and then I just, outside of the roommate's food and realized, you know, see, I didn't allow myself to have it so I'd, I'd like take some of theirs and then like just binging like especially on alcohol it was so normal to drink and party when you're in college right and we drink on the weekends and i drink way too much and i'd feel terrible the next day and eat all the chipotle overeat make myself feel sick because i was trying to like soothe my hangover and discomfort with food so i'd eat all the things right and this continued and it only got worse as i got into my later 20s 27 you know 26 27 28 and i did evolve like i always had the best intentions with food because ironically i was very knowledgeable about food and nutrition and then i stepped into my master's degree right and i'm skipping so much um history around my experiences with food but I don't want to drag it all on but maybe for other podcasts I'll share different experiences I had with food that were very negative or binging episodes but I want to just go fast forward to grad school and just you know I'm I'm evolving right year after year in my 20s 25 26 27 and I fluctuated up and down 5 10 15 20 30 pounds up and down and up and down and I remember specifically in grad school, like it was, I was, I was single, I was lonely. I basically lived by myself, although I was renting a room up in the Woodland Hills, which was a gorgeous house, awesome place that I got to live, but I was really lonely because it felt like I lived by myself um, and I desired to have a relationship and, you know, had all this, this healing I needed to do around just being single anyway. And yeah. And grad school was so stressful. And then I got introduced to like the LA fitness scene and the entrepreneur scene. And I was in grad school, you know, doing my exercise physiology thing. And then I'm discovering that I could be an entrepreneur. And I'm meeting all these awesome people that are creating online businesses, that have blogs, that have YouTubes, that have online programs. And they didn't need to go to, you know, suffer and be miserable in grad school to get there, right? They didn't need a degree to do that. And I started to see it and I started to be more unhappy. And I was surrounded by people that were so fit in like Santa Monica area and no one said anything to me. But being in that environment around really fit people that were like entrepreneurs and had all these followers on Instagram, I created in my mind so much insecurity. Like I made my my insecurity that I already had before it was like if an ex saw me like I was insecure or a potential guy I want to date or a freaking friend from high school that's a female like everybody like I was so concerned about the way that my body looked all the time and I would hide my stomach and I was just so like 
so the amount of self-consciousness I experienced every day and just like the what's the word like the microscopic view of myself so self-centered not in a like a selfish way but I was so absorbed about how I looked all the time that I couldn't really be present in the world or or build relationships maybe or really hear what the other person was saying because I was so terrified of them judging me right it was always so focused on myself it was just because I was so afraid that they were going to judge the way that my body looked I felt so unsafe Anyhow, so going back to grad school, like I remember I, the binging just got worse. I was lonely again. Like I was single for almost five years until now um, with my current partner and I dated some guys and I felt rejected. And every time I got rejected, I would drink more, you know, on the weekend and try to quote unquote have fun. And then I would binge eat some more. And then I remember I lost a bunch of weight. I got super motivated with the community that I found. you know, when I was like 28 and I lost like 20, 25 pounds of a lot of the weight I had gained again. I tell you, I can't even count how many times I've gained and lost weight, but I was feeling really good. It was a positive environment. And that's when I started dis- I discovered personal development when I was like 27. I never even knew what self-help was. I never knew what personal development books were. And then I started, I actually, it was the most positive thing. I, I became addicted. I did seminars with Landmark. I did trainings and invested in courses and I was I was evolving although the more that I learned about how my mind worked so this is when I started to awaken when I was like 20 27 uh, the more that I learned about how my mind worked the more that I would shame myself for not doing it right like when I was tired I would shame myself more like oh well you should use this energizing technique you know to get energy again you shouldn't be tired like the perfectionist voice got so much louder because I didn't understand how to create self-compassion or self-forgiveness or I didn't understand yet, right? Like I was on my own little journey. And as the years carried on, like I would just binge and I had no control over food. I was still obsessing over food. And I think that in my graduate school times, I was just bored, right? It was a habit and I just shamed myself and guilted myself so much. I just stayed in the cycle of binge eating and I remember I tried Overeaters Anonymous. I don't know if anyone's heard of that, but that didn't really serve me well. I feel like my binge eating got worse because I mean, do what's best for you in terms of any kind of recovery or self-help. I think there's so many amazing uh, qualities and so many amazing life-changing things that come along with like the 12 steps. Although I just, I disagree with labeling yourself as I am a binge eater, like I was born with a problem, or even alcoholic. Like I think, I believe alcohol is a problem, Um, not us, it's just that it's legal and it's a drug, right? So anyhow, I, I realized that I, it got worse and I didn't feel good, you know, and I, and labeling myself, I am an overeater or I'm a binge eater, like repeating that I am powerful statement literally created the reality over and over for me, right? Like I found myself binging because I told myself I was a binge eater, right? And that something was wrong with me. So, you know, year after year, like I moved to Spain and that's when I really started to heal more. I didn't, and then mind you, all these years in my 20s, I always obsessed over the scale. I obsessed over my pant size. I obsessed over my weight. If I gain one pound, I told myself, oh, you're gaining weight, you ruined it. Like I would just self-sabotage or just like tear myself apart for gaining 0.5 or gaining one pound 
or if I lost one pound, it wasn't enough. Just like this total obsession with the scale that I know so many women still deal with. A lot of my clients are healing through that shit with me right now. So anyway, there's the scale, there's the food tracking, the MyFitnessPal I've used for like 13 years now. Um, but before it was like, if I went over my calories and I saw the red and I went over 10 calories or I went over 300 calories, I failed. I was worthless. Like it is insane to think about how much I beat myself up and not to shame or guilt that past version of me. And I know a lot of you listening might be dealing with this right now and there's no shame or guilt right now. There's just only like, it is a real, real feeling. It is a real experience that is really not an experience of freedom. So again, reminding you why I'm sharing my story because I'm in a place in my life where I don't even think about food and I used to eat snack all day, obsess over what I was going to eat next, like where am I going to have dinner, what am I going to have for dinner, what's my next snack, like totally all my mind energy around food. Okay, and now today I literally have to set an alarm for lunch So, because I, I train at, I work out at 4 p.m. and if I don't put an alarm on like I'll forget to eat and I can't eat two, less than two hours before I train because it'll make me want to puke because obviously we're jumping around and then I can't eat of course three hours before because then I'll be starving when it's time to work out so I have to set an alarm right to remind myself to eat when I'm, I'm locked in and focused with my creation for you all my work and, and working with my clients and things um, and it trips me the hell out that I am in this place in my life it really does trip me out to be in this present place in my life. And I decided to cut this episode into two parts. So that was part one for you. Uh, I hope you got something out of you know my shares. And um, I'm really excited to share with you next part two, uh, where I really dive into you know how I got to this place where I am today not obsessing over my body, not obsessing over food, finding ultimate freedom that I had no idea was possible. And sister, again, utilize these links in the show notes where I have resources to support you. Keep showing up to this podcast and know that I got your back. 